Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. is brought to you by Lost Powder Puffs. Tonight, for the start of our third annual Classic Horror Sleep Story series, which will air every Wednesday this October, we'll read the opening to The Phantom of the Opera, written by Gaston LaRue, published in 1909, Be sure to catch our other snoozy and a bit creepy sleep stories every Wednesday this October. This story is partly inspired by historical events at the Paris Opera during the 19th century and partly by an apocryphal tale concerning the use of a former ballet pupil's skeleton inspired by a German opera. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep Chapter 1. Is it the ghost? It was the evening on which Messieurs Debienne and Messieurs Poligny, the managers of the opera, 
were giving a last gala performance to mark their retirement. Suddenly, the dressing room of La Sorelli, one of the principal dancers, was invaded by half a dozen young ladies of the ballet who had come up from the stage after dancing. They rushed in amid great confusion, some giving vent to forced and unnatural laughter, others to cries of terror. Sorelli, who wished to be alone for a moment to run through the speech she was to make to the resigning managers, looked around angrily at the mad and tumultuous crowd. It was little Gemma, the girl with the tip-tilted nose, the forget-me-not eyes, the rose-red cheeks, and the lily-white neck and shoulders, who gave the explanation in a trembling voice, It's the ghost. And she locked the door. Sorelli's dressing room was fitted up with official commonplace elegance, a pier glass, a sofa, a dressing table, and a cupboard or two provided the necessary furniture. On the walls hung a few engravings, relics of the mother, who had known the glories of the old opera, portraits of Gardel, Dupont, Bigottini, but the room seemed a palace to the brats of the corps de ballet, who were lodged in common dressing rooms where they spent their time singing, quarreling, smacking the cheeks of the costume dressers and hairdressers, and buying one another glasses of beer or even rum cocktails, until the call boy's bell rang. Sorelli was very superstitious. She shuddered when she heard little Jeanne speak of the ghost, calling her a silly little fool. And then, as she was the first to believe in ghosts in general, and the opera ghost in particular, at once asked for details. Have you seen him? As plainly as I see you now, said little Jeanne whose legs were giving way beneath her, and she dropped with a moan into a chair. Thereupon, little Jerry, the girl with eyes black as plums, hair black as ink, a dark complexion, and poor little skin stretched over poor little bones, little Jerry added, If that's the ghost, he's very ugly. Oh, yes, cried the girls of the ballet. And they all began to talk together. The ghost had appeared to them in the shape of a gentleman in dress clothes who had suddenly stood before them in the passage without their knowing where he came from. He seemed to have come straight through the wall. Pooh, said one of them. Who had more or less kept her head. You see the ghost everywhere.